the attention had shifted between saving as much money as possible to trying to make as much money as possible. Because right now, and even the last couple months, I'm saving probably over 90, 95% of what I make. Um, and that's after tax. 80% of what I've been making has been going into crypto or sitting in cash in some kind of DeFi. All right, welcome back to Bitcoin is Hard. This is a Choice App production about Bitcoin and personal finance. I'm Brian Harrington, and today we've got Sam from the YouTube channel, My Financial Friend. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it's been fun the last few days. Uh, you know, you don't get to see the NASDAQ swing by 5% and crypto swing by 20% every day. So uh, excited to be able to buy the dip a little bit. Got kind of lucky because I had end of the year taxes and I wasn't sure what that was going to end up looking like. So then I had some extra money on the sidelines for that. But uh, yes. yeah, I'm excited to join you here today, talk a little bit about crypto and my past and stuff like that. Yeah, no, dude, me too. And what I like about um, just you and your channel is you did stocks for a while. Now you're doing crypto. Um, but the name of your channel, like my financial friend, what tell us where that came from? Like, are you have you always been to personal finance or like are do people call you that like their financial friend or how did how did you come to that? Yeah, so they say that now kind of jokingly, but I, I've not always been interested in finance. Uh, it was something where I, in college I was studying medicine and I took all the courses I had. I was always a good student because I thought that was what you had to do to you know be successful in life. So I had almost a 4.0 in college uh, at Michigan State studying medicine, got through like biochemistry, organic chemistry too, physics, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, the last semester, I realized I was kind of lying to myself and I realized I didn't really want to do that. It was just that I thought that was the way to make a decent amount of money. So at that point, if I wasn't going to be making 250 grand a year coming out of college, I realized I probably should learn something about finance. So I got really into uh, Tony Robbins, Money Master of the Game. And that was just like a nice little introduction to finance and realizing how compound interest works, learning about index funds, stuff like that. Then I learned about the FIRE movement. And that's where I felt like like something clicked in my head. If you haven't heard about that, uh, for people that are watching, it's the financial independence retire early movement, basically trying to save as much of your income as possible, as quickly as possible, so you can do what you actually want. And I've always been one of those people that would rather put off something today so that I could get more tomorrow, uh, almost to a fault sometimes. Because I remember when I was really in the FIRE movement, trying to like figure out how to save as much money as possible, like I was wondering, should I get flowers for my girlfriend, like for Valentine's Day, because they're going to die and they cost $10. And in 10 years, they're gonna, that's going to be worth $100 and stuff like that. It was just like stupid stuff. And it was kind of a joke because I would do it anyways. But like I would I would kind of play into that for people that knew me because they thought that that was funny. But uh, from there, I, I started to learn more about finance and it I felt like I had found the gospel. Like this was a thing that everyone needs to hear about, but no one knows about yet. And I told all my friends about it, all my family about it. And they were like, cool, just brush it off. Like, I can't do that. I'm not going to be able to save more than five, 10%. How can anyone save half their income? Uh, so I felt like I needed to tell someone about it, but no one cared. So then I made a YouTube channel. I don't really know why at the time I did that. Um, and I remember like looking up to the Graham Steffens, I think they're like at 40,000 subscribers or something. And uh, I, I started to make videos, but they're horrible. Like, uh, I don't have the highest production quality even now because I don't really care that much. I think that the information is more important. Like when you look at altcoin daily, like they don't even show their face. So a lot of the time the information is more important than the production. Um, so 
at the time though, I was recording on my old MacBook. It was like 480p or something like that. I wasn't editing anything. I was like looking off screen and mumbling and stuff like that. And I was just trying to get information out there, but then everything kind of changed during the COVID crash. Uh, so I was working at a retail bank at the time as a personal banker, just because I figured I could like research finance stuff at work and <laughs> I could get paid for it and no one would care because, you know, you're doing work or something. Mm -hmm. So I was reading Market Watch every day uh, for a couple of years or finance blogs. And I was making like $20 an hour. And I was hustling like crazy because my dad and I actually own a personal training business too for like high school athletes. So we would go in and uh, run workouts for like a team of basketball players. And that paid pretty well per hour. But I mean, it's five grand a year or something. So not moving the dial too much. But then COVID hit and I started to realize, okay, some stocks are falling to a point where I think that they're just, uh, it's irrational how much they're falling. And of course, at the time I was just, I had only seen up in the market. So I didn't really realize you know, it could keep on falling. I kind of realized that, but at the same time, I was like, okay, I'll put $5,000 in. I, I was paying off debt like crazy at the time because I had over $100,000 worth of debt coming out of college, uh, making 40 grand a year living at my parents' house. But then I put $5,000 in um, and then started making videos about the stocks I was buying, talked about stimulus a little bit. And then things just got bigger and bigger on my channel to where I was monetized maybe six months later, but it wasn't it wasn't like really fast. I think I made 140 videos before I hit a thousand subscribers and then uh, grew from there throughout the year. So I got monetized in June and then I quit my job. I think in November, uh, I, I put in my two weeks right at the beginning, right at the beginning of November. And it wasn't because my investments had grown to this massive amount because I was still, I want to say $70,000 in debt. And I was living at home with my parents still in the basement. But uh, the interesting thing was my YouTube income had increased to three or four times what I was making at work. And I was coming home, we worked for 10 hour shifts. So I was coming home at like 7.30 and then quick eating dinner and then uh, making videos for two hours. And I made a video a day, even though I was working 10 hour shifts. So I did that for six months or five months. And it was just to the point where it didn't really make sense. I wanted to put more of my time into YouTube. So, I started to do that full time and that was an interesting transition because right when I did that, my views tanked, <laughs> I started to make a little bit less, but then things got really crazy in the stock market at the end of 2020 and then into 2021, everything was blowing up. So, Dude, okay. Pause the story right there. Cause I have a few things. Number one, the image of you just like starting the channel and just like 140 views before a thousand or 140 videos before a thousand. You're very, um, you're giving me very like Mr. Beast vibes too. Like you're just like in the room, just like cameras right on, just like grinding it out. So yeah. that's awesome. Um, and then were you, so when you decided to pivot away from studying medicine and found fire movement, was the bank job, the personal banker job, your like fire job that whole time? Or did you have a couple different like fire jobs that you had been doing? Yeah, so I graduated college in 2018. So I went into banking right away. It was it was lucky because it was in the same city that I lived in. My sister had worked there. It's like a grocery store bank. So they had mm -hmm. those weird hours, which was kind of nice for hustling because I'd have a full day off every week. I still lived at home mm -hmm. with my parents. So it's not like I really had to go to the laundromat or like do whatever I needed to do on that day off. I pretty much just did whatever I wanted. Uh, I didn't really have that many expenses or obligations. So I was just hustling that day. 
But I remember, I don't know if you were ever like this or if you started out in like a high skill job, but I remember just like trying to rack my brain for how I was going to make money. And it just always felt like it was eluding me. I was like, there's got to be something. But at that time, is very different than right now. Like right now, you know, if you're a creator or something, you can create money just like that if you have 10 minutes. Um, but then you just sit there for hours thinking, how can I get anyone to pay me something? And I was doing bank account bonuses. So going back to the hustle stuff, uh, I was I was doing something that a lot of people don't even know you can do. You can like go on certain websites and find what banks are offering bonuses for setting up accounts and you have to hit certain criteria. I was doing that for like $100. And I was thinking, sweet, like $50 an hour, but it was like two hours of work and I had to wait three months. But yeah, I was just hustling any way I could. And that was the only job I had in that two years, two or three years. Nice. Dude, and then your story of like hearing about fire and then every decision down to like buying flowers and stuff, like going through the motion. No, I've been there. Like I've extremely been there and I still deal with that even to this day. Like, and I I don't think that's a, I don't think it's weird at all. I think that definitely happens to people. Um, And I I think it's very interesting. So how the bank account bonuses and like that thing, was that, did the fire videos that you're watching at the time go into any of that stuff? Or that was just your experience? Like how, how were, was there any advice around that? Like kind of how to balance your life with fire, I guess, like in that way? Yeah, I think for the most part, people that are in fire are probably in fire with someone that understands it or is okay with it. At the time I was, I was in a relationship, but we both lived at home or my now fiance lived at school at the time. So we were kind of separated from each other in person for that. So she understood it, but she didn't care at all about it. Uh, So it was, it was a little bit difficult, but overall it was just like, everything was focused on making as much money. And I don't think fire movement really went into the bank account bonuses. Maybe it was like on some side hustle forum or something like that, but it's actually pretty easy to self teach yourself. I think I was using doctorofcredit.com. So it's a nice little side hustle. You look once a month at the beginning of the month and it updates all the different bank account bonuses. You look for ones that are close to you or online and that have easy criteria to hit. And then you just do it. Uh, make sure that you say that you're there for the bonus, but it's a little bit weird. Cause you have to sometimes like I actually set up a business account just to get business bank account bonuses because they're different if you're an actual business. Uh, so my dad's a lawyer. So I had like a, my financial friend holdings or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I I just, uh, I actually got a loan from someone that is a family friend and he just gave me $10,000. So I put it into like five different accounts and then just gave him the money back after three months. So it was a good time. Uh, it seemed like easy money at the time. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. I love Thanks. love the hustle stories. Okay, so right. so we started the YouTube channel, got to a thousand, got monetized. Uh, so yeah, and then you get to this point where it's like, oh, the side hustle income is outweighing the like job income. So we make the jump. You said views immediately went down. So yeah, what talk to us more about that initial jump period too when you made made the jump? Like, was it was it scary or like what else went through your brain? Yeah, so I felt like it wasn't scary. Um, my fiance thought that I was a little bit crazy for doing it. And just to put numbers behind it, I was making maybe $4,000 a month at the bank um, and then hustling for another $500 a month, maybe between training and bank account bonuses. But YouTube was paying me about 10,000 uh, between between sponsors. I didn't really have sponsors. So between affiliates and AdSense at the time. And I'd done that for two months, two months in a row, I was making $10,000. Um, so I felt like it was worth it because I was putting in, I was working on the weekends too. Uh, so 
if I had like training at night on a Wednesday night or something, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get home. I would do two on Tuesday nights. So I'd be up until like one or 2 AM and then work all the next night too. So I, I felt like if I put 40 hours in a week, I could probably make maybe not twice as much, but maybe, you know, 20 or 30% more. And that seemed like an insane amount of money. I never thought that I was going to make $10,000 in a month. So I felt like I needed to devote more time to it. Uh, at the time though, the hardest thing was we were looking at trying to get out of our parents' houses. Uh, so I had stayed home at, uh, for two years at that point, two or three. And my fiance had stayed at home for one year less than I had. And I was at the point where I could almost put down a down payment, but I would have to wait three more months, uh, even at the bank that I was at to be able to go through the mortgage process. But I didn't want to wait that long because I felt like YouTube was exploding and I saw everyone else exploding too. And I felt like I needed to devote more time to it. So it was kind of that thing where I thought, okay, I'm going to have to stay at home for another year, maybe even two years to get two years tax returns. But then everything went so crazy. That was actually, I actually bought a house in cash, the one that I'm in now, three months later. So about the time that I would have gotten the mortgage, I bought the house in cash, which was cool. Bro, okay. That's what I had on my list to talk to you about real estate too. Yeah. So yeah, fast forward the story to, we, we made the transition, made the side hustle full time. Then yep. you said- this then the stocks just took off like so yeah. stocks and the channel took off um mm -hmm. yeah but but that's very your thing of like oh having to wait to because for the audience when you are a sole proprietor self-employed you have to use your tax returns to get a mortgage you can't just show your w2 you know two weeks worth of your w2 or four weeks worth of your w2 and just kind of be check marked off for it they like kind of drill into uh self-employed people like way harder so yeah mm -hmm. i've i've been there running those like numbers before too how yeah. so yeah tell us what happened with the stocks yeah so at the time and you should know that my income fluctuates a lot like it can go up two or three x in a month or down to like 50 or 70 percent so i made like ten thousand dollars a month but then it went up to 30 and then 60 and then 145 and that was my best month uh, up until recently and that was back in like january of last year february so that's when every like penny stock was going up 4x or something as soon as you brought attention to it arc was blowing up arc invest um it was really easy to make money on youtube because arc invest would buy a new stock every couple of days and you would just cover it talk about what it was spacs were going insane uh and i was trying to help other people at the time too like uh, I was trying to help other creators sh show them how much potential there was. I made my brother-in-law make a YouTube at that same time, just because I felt like there's so much opportunity. And some people think that it's this really hard thing to get into. But if you just try to learn as much as possible, like I still learn things every day. I think a lot of people on YouTube are still learning every day. Uh, so, so it was an exciting time. Um, but then there's kind of that bubble that popped around February of last year in stocks uh, and stocks went sideways or down for maybe six months. I think going into the summer uh, where a lot of those growth stocks had fallen down and I was always very cautious. Um, I was, I was very clear in my videos that like on the penny stocks, I was investing like a couple hundred dollars. Um, it was just something that was fun. And I talked about them a little bit. I talked more about SPACs and I thought those were a good opportunity because you could buy in at $10. There was like net asset value. They couldn't really fall below $10. And it was just like a weird thing that no one had really talked about until that point. And I thought there was a lot of opportunity, but then those kind of went sideways or negative. 
Um, and a lot of the cryptocurrencies started to blow up. Uh, obviously, 2021 was like the year for crypto. And I didn't even know what it was really at the beginning of the year. I just remembered back in 2017, my senior year in college, someone at a bar was trying to get me to buy Bitcoin saying that it only goes up and they were like sloppy drunk trying to explain it to me. I'm like, guys, this is definitely a scam. <laughs> just hearing what it was from someone drunk at a bar that can only go up. So I never looked into it. But what was the name of the like, bar? Tell us Michigan State, right? What was the name of the bar? Yeah. Do you remember? It was Rick's. It was where I met my uh, fiance for the first time too, but not that night. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so they were telling me in the basement bar about Bitcoin uh, and then it crashed and I thought, well, good riddance. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but then, but then I started to learn about it more. Uh, Ark Invest was bullish on it. You know, a lot of big investors started to get bullish on it. The price started to go up and uh, I started to buy in, I think the first week of 2021, I started to buy Bitcoin and then Ethereum too. How people were asking you in the comments to start covering crypto or how did you, or you just made the push over to it? Both. Uh, I started to get interested in it and I realized that that crypto in general was just taking away the power from people that have it, that want to hold it and making it, giving it back to the people. So I started to get more interested in that. I realized, um, I learned about tokenomics. I didn't even know what that was at the beginning, obviously. And I started to learn more about cryptos in general. And it's such a broad thing to learn about because it's it's like a foreign language, all these different terms. So I got really interested in it. I started to buy it more and more. And then uh, we had that fall in April and May. And that's where I really dialed in. I think it was I think it was then when we went from 64,000 back to 30. And I mm-hmm. And I felt like it was a lot of manipulation in the market and it was just whales causing liquidations. And everyone was so fearful. I'm like, sweet, I can finally buy like a significant amount because I'd been nibbling before that. Uh, So I was super excited when everything else was on fire. I felt like it was irrational. Of course, it could always fall down more. But if you're looking long term, I thought that was a great buying in time. So Mm -hmm. I started to buy a lot more, which kind of led me to wanting to make more videos about it. And at the time, no one really cared. Like the views were bad on stocks because stocks were going down, but they were the same thing on crypto for me because I had never covered it before. Everyone thought I was just talking about something super speculative. And now now if I talk about Bitcoin, people are like, oh, it's grandpa Bitcoin. (laughs) Who cares? Like tell me something (laughs) that's going to make me some money. How did and... How? What was your perspective like? Still on the on the fire on your fire targets or on your like month to month income and like budget at this point? Then so like as I understand the income would fluctuate a lot because of AdSense mm-hmm. and because of affiliates and things would fluctuate based on what was hot. But then yeah, so update us on how your brain was tackling. Were you just still trying to save fifty percent of everything that came in to like still hit these long term targets, or how had that shifted? It shifted a lot more to trying to figure out how to make more money because it was a lot easier for me to make a significant amount more money than to save it. Cause at that time, uh, I mean, some of the summer months I didn't make as much, but then it started to pick up again, uh, this last fall and then winter. But, uh, I think for a lot of the big creators, like I don't live in LA or anything like that. So I'm maybe spending, especially with a paid off house, like I have to work to spend $4,000 a month with no kids. Uh, so it's hard to spend money here, especially in the winter, cause it's freaking cold and there's snow everywhere. So there's nothing to do. Uh, so I'm pretty much just sitting around making videos, playing on the Oculus if I have free time or something like that. So for me, uh, the attention had shifted between saving as much money as possible 
because I couldn't make more money to trying to make as much money as possible. Because right now, and even the last couple of months, I'm saving probably over 90, 95% of what I make. Um, and that's after tax. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's changed completely where I don't sweat the day-to-day things. Uh, if we buy an expensive bottle of champagne from the grocery store versus like $3 champagne, it doesn't matter. It doesn't move the needle kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a different world and it, it's difficult to get used to. Uh, and I can see it on the front end. So I know how much I'm making. My fiance, I tell her everything, but she sees it before I do. So she still gets nervous about those kind of things when I'm kind of past that. But she's getting to that point now too, which I think is probably a little bit healthier overall mentally mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I I think there's a ton of stuff to cover as far as like young couples, like personal finance together. But um, I have to do another episode on that. Um, yeah. I'm trying to, or I'm trying to think of good people to like bring together to maybe have a whole panel episode of that. But how did you how what was your mental decisions? How did you choose to buy the house in all cash? Was it because just getting the mortgage would like take too long and you saw like real estate was going to like rip up too? Or how did you make that decision? It was because I had stayed so long at home. I was okay with it because I was just saving 99% of what I was, uh, what I was uh, making. But my fiance had felt like uh, it, she had been home for too long and her sister's lived at home with her too, because they're both in college. So there was a lot of stress uh, there. And COVID had brought everyone back in her house to stay there for months and months. So she was really itchy to get out. And she knew how much I was making too, which to be fair, you know, I I wasn't gonna shield that from her. But then uh, we realized that it was probably time to move out, uh, just to finally get out of the house. And we were we were thinking about maybe renting, but then we thought, okay, we're going to have to rent for a year. We're going to have to get stuff that's not going to match our eventual house. So we just decided to pull the trigger. And at that time, it was kind of tough because I think that was March or February of 2021. And then right after that, like stocks and crypto crash. So I was like, oh, crap, like I can't even get a HELOC or remortgage mm-hmm. uh, for another year, which I'm going to soon to get some of that back out because I realize it's not a good investment. It was just what we had to do at the time. So I'm going to take it out to make some extra passive income on it here soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more because we had to. Dude, else. I think that's, um, I can feel a lot of similarities to that. My <laughs> my wife and I, like the day it crystallized that like, okay, we're going to start trying to buy a house was like our like shower broke, like in our apartment one morning. And like, she was just pissed, honestly. Like that's very like what happened. That just made everything like snap into place. Of like we like we need to figure this out. And so for and do that, we didn't use. I didn't. We didn't use any Bitcoin to to buy the house. But we also didn't like we didn't stack Bitcoin for my wife and I've been stacking together for a while. Like we're dialed in on what our thing is. But you're like agreeing on priorities is like a constant discussion, like constant discussion. And so when it snapped that day, we like took a break from snacking, stacking for like five months, like five or six months. And so that's kind of, that can, I can feel similar to that. That's honestly, from everything I know about your story so far, kind of honestly, the most thing I'm impressed about, like is, is that move. Um, And I'm sure it's very thankful. You feel more secure, like when you're in your own house, at least that's how I feel. And so I can imagine it seems like that's how it feels in your issues. Yeah, it's really nice being able to work from home and knowing like who's going to come in and out at certain times. It's just a lot more yeah. predictable. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to be able to take some out because I'm trying to get this 3% interest rate while I can. Yep. Uh, 
Because yep. at, at this point, uh, moving, I guess, to where I am now or where the channel is now, I'm almost at fire now, but it's kind of misleading or financial independence where all mm -hmm. my passive income covers my expenses, but it's a little bit misleading because some of that is from some DeFi. So like Anchor Protocol, I've been getting into that a lot over the last couple months um, and it pays you 19.5%. And I realize that's not going to be around forever, probably. They're not going to be paying 19.5%. It'll probably come down in line with a lot of the other things, eight or 10%, a lot of the other apps. Um, but right now, like some of those opportunities do pay pretty well. Uh, so I'm taking advantage of those, which are nice, but uh, I'm just trying to continue learning and continue talking about crypto and learning more because uh, I've been stacking hard for the last year, uh, almost probably 90, 80% 80, 80 of what I've been making has been going into crypto or sitting in cash in some kind of DeFi right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm very exposed to crypto. Yeah, that's what I was going to. Yeah. So um, one more question, then I'm going to ask you our final question, and then we'll wrap up. How how do you, so how how else has your thinking evolved or how else do you see Bitcoin and crypto just like interacting with your like, regular day-to-day -day finances? How do you think about just the future or just the future of budgeting or just your own self personally? Like how are, are these two worlds just very separate or are they combined in your brain? Like, how do you tackle that? Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't gone into it as deeply as you have. Cause I know that you're like trying to do everything through Bitcoin, right? Like even paying for expenses on your credit card. That's what I'm thinking, but but my stuff is very much in development too. So like I'm not. This isn't even like me teeing you up as like, oh, like better answer the question right, Sam. Like no, it seriously yeah. is like what I like telling people is just how how does how do you see the worlds of personal finance and of Bitcoin and crypto combined? Are they combined or are they different? Yeah. So I know some people like to think that they're never going to spend crypto, but I think you have to at some point. Otherwise, what's the point? Uh, unless you make so much money that you can put a ton in Bitcoin and then just never use it when you retire or anything like that. Uh, I think for me personally, I could get into that spending it at some point. Um, I don't think it's worth spending now because I'm accumulating instead of spending it. But right now, I don't really want to spend the time to figure all that stuff out. And I think that's another thing that shifted. Like I used to write down all my expenses, but now it's not worth it. Uh, it's probably not worth it unless I just want to flex those muscles to try to learn how to do some of these things. Like, mm -hmm. like, uh, I have a ton of different cryptos on different apps right now. Like I probably use seven or eight just because it's easier on some than others. And I could consolidate that, but it's not worth the time trying to do all that stuff. So right now everything's kind of been a sprint and I realize at some point things will slow down and I want to take the time to make my life a little bit easier, a little bit more, uh, streamlined. But right now it's just kind of like, okay, just make sure that people know where stuff is just in case something happens yep. to me. But, uh, but I'm really just focusing on trying to build up as much wealth in the short term and long term as possible. Mm -hmm. And I don't see Bitcoin right now at a price I really want to go and spend it at. Uh, and that might that might be different if I had a, sig a significant amount or like 90% of my net worth in it. Uh, but right now I have enough coming in and I, I'm not just uh, retiring on my Bitcoin or anything like that. I yep. hope that answered your question. Yeah. No, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So how, so the question we try to ask each guest is what is a Bitcoin um, financial product or service that are like a Bitcoin product or service that doesn't exist yet that you want to see and would use? Oh, that's interesting. 
Um, I haven't thought about this. Uh, <laughs> honestly, so I saw this on Twitter today. This is probably just because it's off the top of my head. I saw someone that had Bitcoin that they could buy in their credit union. Uh, so they they literally had it on there from NYDIG. It's NYDIG. Uh, it works with NYDIG. And they could buy it right in their bank account. I don't know if I really want that uh, for me personally, but I think that would be hugely beneficial to a lot of people that maybe don't want to hold their own keys or don't trust it. And maybe that's because I worked at the bank too for a long time. And I know that some people, no matter how good the deal is, they just don't care unless it's easy for them. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of people will gain access to cryptocurrencies through that. And I don't want that for myself personally, but I think that would be hugely beneficial or will be because I know that's coming to a lot of banks here soon. I think it's going to be great for everyone that's been in before that too. If you uh, yep. compare it to the US dollar, I think it's going to really help uh, cryptocurrencies go up in price. But that I, I'm excited for that. I can't wait until I see that when I log into my bank and I can just see that everyone can buy it within a couple of clicks. Mm -hmm. No, I think that makes yeah. sense. That's a great answer based on your, based on your experience. Um, sweet, dude. I appreciate like, um, yeah, I appreciate the transparency. I appreciate like the open discussion just about personal finance and just dude, your journey to, to like, f honestly, financial freedom. Like it's awesome. So I hope this helps okay. people. Um, where wrap us up, tell us uh, where we can follow you and your channel. Yep. So you can follow me on YouTube, my financial friend. That's probably the best place to go. I have Twitter and Instagram, but don't just search for it because there are scammers out there. So you can go to the bottom of one of my videos and find uh, the links to that if you're interested. But I post every day, usually multiple times. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, dude. Sweet. All right, guys. See you later. Hey, all. This is Brian. You can reach me on Twitter at Brain Harrington. Shoot me a DM with any feedback from today's episode. This has been a Choice App production. Bitcoin is becoming centric to personal finance, and we want to help you learn how to better engage with Bitcoin financial services. None of this is financial advice, and is for education and entertainment only.